Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right, good morning, IC Made On. It's so good to be back with you today. Uh, as uh, Gary said, the lead pastors, Pastor Chris and Carrie Duncan, are in the States for a few more weeks. So it's an honor and a privilege of mine to get to be here and to share with all of you. And I'm going to just share with you uh, something about myself that maybe you don't know, and that is I am afraid of heights. I do not like to be high in the air. A couple of years ago, in 2016, I was here at IC Maidan spending a few weeks with you. And while I was here, I've never been to Malaysia, so I asked Pastor Adam, I would like to go to KL for a couple of days, and so he obliged me, and we went. While we were there, he decided we needed to go to the KL Tower, which is, uh, you know, has an open-air observation deck about 305 meters ground, and I was like, okay, we will go. And so we're riding in the elevator up, 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 up. The higher we go, the more my stomach is turning in knots. My head is spinning. My hands are sweating. We get off the elevator in a rotating restaurant. And I'm trying to make my way out to the observation deck. Pastor Adam just walks straight out. I'm hovering against the wall trying to hold on. It takes me a few minutes and I inch my way out till finally I can look off. And we took pictures to show everyone how brave I was. And then after a few minutes, we realized that that very week, they had just opened a brand new skybox, solid glass that hung off the side of that tower. So Pastor Adam looks at me and he says, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I looked at Pastor Adam and said, no way. (laughs) And then he starts talking to me about everything I taught him when I was his pastor back in the United States. So I decided I would do what every mighty man of God who has faith and power would do. I got down on my hands and knees. I closed my eyes and I crawled out in that skybox until my head hit the glass. And then I sat down and it took me a few minutes. But after a few minutes, I was able to stand up, take pictures and look straight down to the ground. He was right. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because I'm never going to do it again. (laughs) Now, the reason I tell you that story is because we're talking about Holy Spirit, a subject that may cause knots in your stomach. and you, You may get a little anxious just hearing about this person, the Holy Spirit. But what, I, what I'm asking you to do during this series is to allow God to just start brand new in your life. Just to create a blank page in your life and let God from His Word write 
a new story about this person. If you did not hear last week's message, uh, I encourage you to go out and listen to it on the podcast because we discovered that Holy Spirit is a person and that He is God and that God sent Him to us to live inside of us to help us with our life because we need help and He sent this helper to us. In fact, Jesus said it like this in John chapter 14 verse 16 and 17 Jesus introducing us to the Holy Spirit said I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. That word comforter also is translated helper, strengthener. He is one that that comes along beside us. The word means to call him to our aid to help us. And Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you another helper, another comforter. And he will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. Now, now in, in, in my culture, in my, my home, we have a blanket we call a comforter. It's a very thick blanket. And most people use those blankets to to stay warm. We do not use the comforter in my home to stay warm. We have a very beautiful comforter and we only put it on the bed when we are going to have guests in our home. It is only for looks. In fact, when the guests leave, we put away the comforter, it stays nice and we sleep under other blankets. Maybe you have dishes like that in your home. They're beautiful dishes, but you don't eat off them until you have guests in your home. I want to say to you that that if we're not careful, we will do the same thing with this comforter that Jesus Christ said would be our helper. We will talk about him. We will say we believe in him, but we only have him for looks in our lives. And Jesus says, no, you were never intended to live the Christian life in your own strength and in your own power. But I have sent you a helper, a comforter, a strengthener, someone that you can call to help you. It's kind of like this table right here. I can move this table. It's not easy. Very heavy. It's very awkward. I'm spilling the water they put up here for me. Or I can ask Gary. Gary, will you help me? Now, I didn't ask Gary to pick the table up and put it back for me. The helper means one called to help you. And that's who Holy Spirit is in our lives. We can struggle and we can try and make a mess of things on our own. Or we can ask this person, God, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us to help us. As we learned last week, Holy Spirit, if you don't, I can't. And he will help us in our life. In fact, in fact, the words Holy Spirit. 
The word spirit in, in the original language that the Bible was written in, really the word spirit is not the accurate translation. That word conjures up or brings to mind things that, that we really do not use spirits in our everyday vocabulary. But when you look that word up, it actually, in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, was written in the Hebrew language. And, and the word in the Hebrew language is ruach. And that's the way the, the Hebrew said, ruach. Hawk. Hawk. That's really the way you say it. Because the word means breath. Everybody take a deep breath. That's, that's, it's the breath of God. He is the breath of God. In the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, it was written in the Greek language. So this word is pneuma. It is where we get our English word pneumatics, wind. It's what word. He is the wind of God. He is the breath of God to help us. Because God knew that in this life, we, we, we were not created to live in a fallen world, but because of sin, we live in a fallen world where we encounter difficulties and pains and struggles and trials. And God knew that they would, they would tend to knock the life out of us, knock the breath out of us. I don't know about you, but as a child, several times I had the breath knocked out of me, playing where, where I could not breathe. My mother, my mother never said, you have the breath knocked out of you. She would say, you have the wind knocked out of you. And if it's ever happened to you, you're, you're, you're gasping and you're hurting and you're wanting help to catch your breath again. Well, God knew that you would face things in your life. Some of you have walked in here today. You've had the wind knocked out of you. By relationships, by, by struggles, by unexpected things in your life. And God knew we would need the helper, the breath of God, the wind of God, so that we could get our wind back and complete and live out the purpose that God has for every one of us in this life. The word holy, holy breath, holy wind. That word holy it, it, it literally comes from the Hebrew language. In the, in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, the first chapter, the second verse, said the Spirit of God is moving over the earth. That word moving is this word holy, brood. It means to brood. Everybody say that word with me, brood. In, 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 in my life, the only time we would use this word is I grew up on a farm and we raised chickens. And hens would, would lay eggs. And those eggs, that hen would sit on those eggs until those eggs became chickens. Now, now we wanted to raise chickens because we ate chickens. But we also liked eggs. And sometimes we would move the hen off her nest and we would take the eggs. And like last week, Pastor Adam cooked us eggs. We would take those eggs and have eggs for breakfast. But 
But that egg that had just an egg white and an egg yolk in it that we ate scrambled or fried or boiled, if we leave it under that hen, that egg supernaturally begins to form a beak and feet and wings and a creature out of that egg yolk, out of that egg white, a creature forms and becomes a chicken until it breaks itself out of the shell and comes walking out of the nest. That, that is who this brooding breath of God is in our life. For the areas that you and I cannot become because we're broken. The Holy Spirit can create inside of us something greater than our own nature, our own personality, our own wisdom or knowledge so that we can become everything God intended us to become and accomplish everything God purposed for you to accomplish on this earth. As I told you last time I was with you in August as a child I was sexually abused I was molested because of that it created a lot of uncertainty inside my life a lot of desire for control to protect myself and and at age nine I literally tried to take my own life as I grew up this this became inside of me this this desire to control my world, to have perfection. In fact, I created a standard for myself I could never live up to. So I always felt less than. I always felt like a failure. I always disappointed myself. And because of that, I projected that on everyone else around me. I wanted my wife to be perfect. I wanted our home to be perfect. I wanted my children to be perfect. I wanted my staff to be perfect. Guess what? They can't be. So now they are constantly disappointing me and frustrating me. Until my whole environment, I have everyone walking on eggshells, afraid that I'm going to be frustrated. My world was miserable, and I made everybody in my world miserable. One day as I was talking with a friend of mine who was a Christian counselor, I, I was telling him about this. And as he talked to me, he said, he said, Frankie, you have OCD. In fact, I have OCD, ADD, A-D-H-D and every other D. <laughs> and I didn't know what that was, and he explained it to me. And I began to realize that out of my past, I was a prisoner, and it was destroying my life and everyone around me. So I began to pray. And I began to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. This brooding presence that lives in me to create something in me that will grow more than my own personality. 
And just like that chick could break out of its shell, I need you to do something in my life. I need peace. I need joy. I need gentleness. I need kindness. And I knew, I knew there was a scripture in the Bible that talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so I would read that scripture and I would try to be kind. And I would try to be gentle. And the more I would try, the less kind I would become. Because I kept disappointing myself. And one day I was reading this scripture out of the New Living Translation. And, and here's how it reads. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And this is what it says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Not Frankie. Frankie, you can't. You can try, you can struggle, you can try to become this, but you can't. But the Holy Spirit, this brooding breath of God, if you will ask Him, if you will say to Him, if you don't, I can't. If you will call Him to help you with the struggle of your life. So I began to do as the song that the worship, I began to throw my fears to the wind. I began to open up my life. I began to ask Holy Spirit, create in me what I cannot create in myself. Now it didn't happen overnight. But over several weeks, four, five, six weeks, my wife began to notice there was peace in our home. My children began to notice that things that used to bother me didn't bother me. In fact, one day I was at work at our church. And two of my staff members walked up to me and they grabbed me. And they said, what have you done with our pastor? I said, what do you mean? They said, you're happy. You're not frustrated. It's fun being at work again. And I realized that what I couldn't do, the helper had begun to do in my life. It's kind of like this costume that Pastor Adam has at his house. So it's a bunny costume called a onesie. It's from a Christmas story, and it says a deranged bunny. But it's just hanging there on a hanger. The costume can do nothing. It, it can't do anything at all. But I asked Josh to help me. So Josh put on the costume. Now, come here, Josh. Come here. Ears and all, come here. Turn around. Now, look at me. This costume could not walk over here. It can't wave at you. It can't flap its ears. But once Josh got in the costume, what this costume could not do on its own, 
Josh is making this costume do. And that is what Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. If we will surrender and give him our lives and say, I can't if you don't. Take my life. Use my life. It's my body. It's my life. But I want you to take my life and live your life through me. Let's give Josh man a hand. Can we do that? Thank you, Josh. God has a purpose for your life. You will never live it out on your own. You weren't intended to. The Bible says this in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. It says a very powerful verse. But you, you, smile real big, smile real big. Look at somebody and say you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. In Maidan, in, in Sumatra, in, in Java, and the uttermost parts of the world. Wherever you go in your world, your job, your school, your family, where, wherever you go, you will have power to live for me. Power, ability, that word means Ability, it means strength. It means capability. You will have the ability to live the life I intend for you to live. That will bring glory to me. When you rely on the presence of the Holy Spirit. Power, that word power, it's where we get our word dynamite from. The original language, the original word is dunamis. It is where we get our word dynamite or dynamic, dynamic. Holy Spirit is the dynamics of the Christian life in our life. It's, it's, it's like a screwdriver. How many of you have ever used a screwdriver? Let me see your hand. If you've ever used a, screw, a screwdriver. And you can, you can use the screwdriver or you can get a, Messing bore, a drill gun. You plug it in, and, and uh, the drill gun becomes the power version of a screwdriver. Holy Spirit is the power version of Christianity. Holy Spirit comes to take difficult things in our lives and to make them easy. I say it like this, power to make difficult things easy in our life. When we invite him, when we surrender, when we ask for his help. When, when me and my wife first got married 36 years ago. In fact, I have a picture, I believe. Of, that's our wedding picture. Yeah. Yes. When we first got married, I was strong. I could pick her up. I walked her in our home. I would pick her up and I would dance around with her like this. That was 30. 
I can't do that today. <laughs> but every now and then, uh, I will go outside in our backyard. In our backyard, we have a swimming pool. I think I have a picture. I, I, I only had one picture. That's my grandkids. So <laughs> I use the picture with my grandkids. I get in that swimming pool. I will be in that water, and I will call my wife. Hey, babe, come here. And she will come down in the pool with me. Now watch this. In the pool? Literally. I mean... We reminisce and we talk about the days when I could do that without the pool. <laughs> now, now watch. Simple, but you need to understand. I could not do that without the pool. But she could not just float around without me. Is it the pool or is it me? It's both of us. Holy Spirit wants to help me. Give me power to make the things I cannot do on my own. He makes difficult things easy in my life. In the Old Testament, there is a, there is a scripture, a story about the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. He was very intimidated. He was very scared. In fact, when they wanted to make him king, the Bible says he was hiding. And the prophet Samuel brings Saul up and then he told Saul this. And it's found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse number 6. And this is what the prophet said to this man who was afraid. The spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will be changed into a different person. That's what, that's what being born again, that's what having the Holy Spirit live inside of us. Changed into a different person. Sometimes it's a dramatic change. When, when, when I was a teenager, because of my past, I was very shy. I was, I was very awkward. I would not look at people. I, I would ignore people if they called my name. Because I was afraid to look and have people looking at me. But when, when I gave my life to Jesus, when the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me, and I began to understand who He is in my life, and I began to ask for His help, the fear began to leave. The intimidation began to go. I began to be able to look at people and talk to people. And today I spend my life talking to people about Jesus Christ. The dramatic change in my life. My DNA didn't change. My genetics didn't change. My looks didn't change. I'm still the same good looking guy I always was. But something changed on the inside of me. It even happened in the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
He came into this world. He lived 30 years on this planet. He never worked a miracle. He never preached a sermon. We hear very little about Jesus until one day he's baptized in the water by John. Luke chapter 3. And the Bible says when he came up out of that water, the Spirit of God came on his life. And changed him dramatically. After that happened in his life, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 1 that, that then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of him like Josh in that costume, like he lives inside of us. And then it says Jesus was was returned to the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week, how he wants to guide your life. Well, even Jesus was guided by the Holy Spirit. And then verse 14 says that he came out of the wilderness, out of the trials, out of the testing. And this is what it says. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Not, not a prisoner to what he had gone through. He faced the enemy. He faced the devil in the wilderness. But instead of becoming depressed or disappointed, he returned from that in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God gives us the power to face difficulties, to face opportunities, and come out with the power of God in our lives. Now, if Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit, you know that you and I need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. In fact, Jesus said this one day in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Very important. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, because. Everyone say that word out loud with me. Because. Yes, let's say it together. Because. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because there is a cause to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He, he, he has anointed me to heal the broken hearted. He's anointed me to preach freedom to captives and I mean, he, he, to give sight to the blind and to open the prison doors. Well, after Jesus relied on the power of the Holy Spirit, he turned water into wine. He walked on water. In other words, even Jesus needed the help of the Holy Spirit to carry out the purpose of God for his life. And this is what I want to say to you. You are a cause. And you have a cause. I see Maidon. We have a cause that's bigger than any one of us. Bigger than all of us. Our cause is the orphans, the widows, the broken of Maidon. The lost, the least, the last, the lonely people who have not heard 
about God's love, who have not heard about the help of the Holy Spirit, whose lives are like mine, out of control. And because of that cause, we need the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, not to show, not to show off, but to show up and live out the purpose that God has for you and I. To show up and take responsibility for the hurting, broken people of Madon. And God wants to use you and I like that costume. Give us the power to live out that purpose in our lives. In fact, I want to challenge you to ask these three questions. No matter where you go in your life today, whether you're in a restaurant or walking through the mall, no matter how you got there and no matter who you're with, I want you to ask these three questions. In fact, I want you to add these three questions to your everyday list. Holy Spirit, if you don't, I can't. And then, no matter where you are, stop and ask yourself, why am I here? Not, not why do you think you're there, but why am I really here? Who am I here for? Because it, it's always about a who. There is a cause. This power is because there are people that need you. Why am I here? Who am I here for? And what do they need from me? This past July, I was in Africa, Cameroon. And while I was there, they asked me to speak at a professional women's conference. Why are you laughing? I am not a woman. In fact, I was going to be the only male speaker. There were professionals from Dubai, from Portugal, from the United States, from Asia, from all over Africa. Professional women, entrepreneurs, government women, Congress women. And they wanted me not to preach. They wanted me to speak on purpose and how to live an intentional life. I was so intimidated as I stood in front of all 250-something women. I started like this. All I know about women is I was raised by a woman, I married a woman, and I raised a woman. And that's all I know about women. And I talked about purpose. But at the end of each one of my talks, I began to tell them how I discovered my purpose was when I met my creator and I shared my faith. And over those two days, over 80 women gave their heart to Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Three of them were Congress women working in the government. Can we give God praise? I couldn't do that. But the Holy Spirit helped me. 
and he wants to help you every day of your life. Now, I realize that there are some of you here today, you don't have a relationship with Christ. And, and this, this helper does not live inside of you. And while people in this room who do know Jesus, I believe right now, you're beginning to open your heart. And you're beginning to ask, Holy Spirit, help me. Live your life through me. Help me live my purpose. I believe there are also people in this room that right now are wanting to open your life to Jesus for the very first time. You realize you did it wrong. Maybe, maybe like me, your life was miserable and you're making everybody around you miserable. You realize that Jesus Christ died for you. God is not mad at you. God took all of his anger out on his son, Jesus, so that you could have a relationship with the love of God. When Jesus died, it was so you wouldn't have to live as a prisoner to your past, controlled by your sin and by things that happened to you. But because Jesus died, all of the guilt and all of the shame and all of the anger and all of the bitterness And because Jesus Christ not only died but rose from the dead so that the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the wind of God could live inside of you and you could live the rest of your life filled with purpose, making a difference in your world. Wherever you go. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to bow your head and close your eyes. Today, if that's your decision, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, right where you are, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And in lifting your hand, you're saying today, I know I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Today, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Right now, left to right, front to back. One, two, three. Put your hand up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God sees your hands, ma'am. God sees your hand. God sees your hand, ma'am. God sees your hand, sir. God sees it. I see it, but God sees it. God bless you. Yes, I see your hand. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you, you can just put your hand down. Right now, I want to lead you in a prayer where you invite Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin and the Holy Spirit to come live inside of you. While there's nothing magical, I want to tell you something supernatural is going to happen in your life. 
In fact, I'm going to ask everybody in this room to help me. Help these people who are making this decision. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer along with everyone in this room. Say it with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I've done it wrong. My life is miserable without you. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. Holy Spirit, I give you my life. Come into my life and live your life through me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I want to live the rest of my life for you. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.